welcome back to the Wealth Management Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, Justin Sheehan, and we're joined across the country. We have representation actually all in Florida. So we have an Indiana and we have a Florida contingent. Uh, we have Kaylee and Denny from Titusville, and we have our guest today, Barrett Rodriguez. He is in Tampa Bay. Are you a big Bucks fan, Barrett? Oh, of course. I, I grew up here, so go, okay. go Bucks. I should ask because I, I was just listening to a podcast today, and, and I, uh, you know, they're in the playoffs right now. Uh, they may have won or lost, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, so I should ask that earlier. But today we're talking about asset protection on the Wealth Management Unfiltered podcast. And it's such a core piece to the WMA. Today, we're talking about asset protection on the Wealth Management Unfiltered podcast. And it's such a core piece to the WMA CPR plan. This is our all-inclusive plan that we provide and help our uh, customers, our partners, our, our, our business owners with. And a key part is asset protection. Barrett is an expert uh, and understands this topic intimately. Denny's been around for a little bit, not too long, right? And Kaylee Alment, our co-host for the Wealth Management Unfiltered podcast, uh, she will be, uh, you know, asking questions, having the fun banter that we do on this podcast. She's a financial planner at uh, Wealth Management Accounting, and we're just excited for her to be here. Uh, so let's dive in. Barrett, this is your first time on the podcast, so I got to ask the good old origin story. Why are you in this business? Okay, well, um, I, I mean, going into law school, I knew that I was going to be focusing on business uh, type issues. Um, you know, so I, I basically came out of there with a really clear focus on tax. I just enjoy it and was good at it. Um, and so I started out my career uh, working in the tax, you know, just dealing with IRS problems. Um, so throughout my time dealing with, you know, audits, collections cases, things like that with the IRS, I actually got a lot of experience in, you know, protecting assets from the, the alphabet soup type agencies. So you know, starting, I had my own business. Um, and then in 20, at the very end of 2019, um, I sold that to come to work at a, at a company called Emerge 180 that Dennis was a partner in um, at that time. And that's how I met Dennis uh, and, you know, got kind of shifted my focus a, a little bit more um, at that time into looking at um, estate planning and, and wealth management type of planning for clients. Um, also, you know, I do, I do consulting work with um, businesses to try to help them plan ahead for what kind of tax liabilities they may have, either in the event of a sale or certain, uh, you know, certain types of reorganizations that they might be doing. So, uh, you know, I've developed a bit of an expertise uh, in that area, um, again, starting out with protecting them from the IRS and now helping proactively keep businesses and people out of trouble. Yes, I, I love it. And, and I failed to mention, Bear is an attorney specializing in tax planning, tax credits, audit defense, does the consulting piece. And, and Denny, talk about when you first met Barrett. What, why did this make sense for, for Barrett to, to and, and I'll ask Barrett the same thing, to kind of be a part of, of what we're building here at Wealth Management Accounting? Well, we work with a lot of attorneys through the years. And of course, we have relationships with two or three other law firms on a real steady ba basis. But Barrett was um, 
able to provide us a much closer relationship. Meaning if I got a issue, I call Barrett, he answers. He's available to us as almost a full-time staff member, even though he's juggling a lot of other duties. But it, as far as my staff and I, Barrett's always there for us and it's wonderful. The second thing that became um, real obvious, he knows his craft well. I'm the guy that throws stones at everybody else. And rarely do I get in a situation with an attorney that, um, and you gotta remember the law practice has become like medical. You know, when was it 30 years ago, you had one doctor and he did everything. Now you go to a specialist for anything. You know, you have a pimple, you go to a different doctor than something else. Barrett is absolutely one of the finest tax attorneys I've run into. And um, as anybody that knows in our meetings, because we have regular weekly meetings, at least two in depth about clients, where they're at, what their needs are. Um, we have really fun, lively discussions on tax code on, and it is a blast. It's enjoyable. Barrett knows his craft. Seldom do I have, and, and you have to realize we don't agree many times, but we come to a conclusion what's best for the client. So I might be actively uh, representing the client. I want this to happen, Barrett. And he says, no, no, no. I don't like where you're going here, Dennis. And that, that's part of the whole checks and balances of having the CPA, the attorney, the wealth management advisor in these discussions, giving great choices to our clients on their problems. So, but Barrett's a master at this. I mean, he's just great at coming up with a solution that, is the best win-win we can come up with. I can't put a price on the value of that to each client. Hmm. Well, and, and let's speak on that maybe, Barrett. If I think about wealth management or you know financial planning, sometimes I don't necessarily think of an attorney at first unless I have a challenge or, or baggage, uh, something we talked about you know before the show. But why is it so important to have an attorney not only in the mix, but part of that process, consulting, providing that planning, providing those things. Why is it important to have an attorney like yourself? Well, you know, attorneys attorneys have a lot of broad base of, of knowledge um, in general. You know, we're, we're given a, a big background. We don't necessarily use all of that, but, you know, real estate classes, things like that. We do have, we have some more than standard knowledge in a lot of different areas. All of those things, when we are talking about asset protection and wealth management, all of those things come into play. You know, you've got some some people, their asset looks is, is a real estate portfolio, right? Some sometimes their assets are more of a stock portfolio. And so having a, a really a really broad base to approach these problems and understanding some you know some of the basics of everything is extremely helpful. Um, also the a lot of these asset protection and wealth management plans, especially as you start getting up into the higher net worth type of individual, you know, and not necessarily, we absolutely are interested in people that have, you know, smaller amounts, but it, when you have a lot of money, you're running into problems with the unified credit uh, and the amount of lifetime giving and the state money you can give without taxation. Um, and those things start to come into play and they are just a little bit more complicated then you're going to get from, you know, someone who is doing a great job, but focusing more specifically on, you know, trying to have the highest returns possible. Right. And the other thing is 
this comes back to the broad base is just how do all of these things interact because there are very 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 good um you know series seven type people who will pick stock and make you a great amount of money but they are not necessarily thinking about what that is going to mean for your 1040 taxes that year um you know or or how this is all going to pass along to kids grandkids etc so that's where that's where someone like me can come in and you know really kind of act as a quarterback or whatever trying to keep all these moving parts in all of these different all of these different things working together yeah and i i love and denny mentioned it it's the checks and balances piece and you said it too barrett it's Wealth management accounting is looking holistically at plans. And we've talked about this in past podcasts. There are a lot of great advisors and investment managers and people making you a lot of money and maybe some CPAs trying to save money. Uh, but how do we bring that all together? And I love what, you know, Denny and the team has created as sort of this umbrella uh, or this all-inclusive approach to, to wealth management. And a key aspect to that is asset protection. So the four parts of the CPR plan is asset protection, estate planning, investment management, and tax planning. CPR is create, preserve, and retain wealth. You'll see the graphics on the screen. But ultimately, this is a master plan with you, the customer, at the center. You, the business owner, the the, the professional the person that is trying to to grow and serve and, and do the good things they want to do for their family and may, maybe for the world. Let's talk about asset protection, Denny. What, just for the new listeners or, or people just engaging with us for the first time, how do we define asset protection? What do we mean by asset protection in this whole mix of, of wealth management? Well, we use the term and it's, and I don't think there's good understanding, but let me mention that one of our primary things is to, plan for the worst and hope for the best. What's planning for the worst? In other words, disability, death, the things in life that you're not expected that suddenly could uh, happen, and where are you at? We, we, just, we just took a, a new client from Texas on yesterday, and he was loved his current planners, but ultimately, this is the reason he said, you know, I, I love where my guys, but they cannot do what you can do. And what was he meaning by can do? He said, if I die, we have considerable wealth. My wife needs support. You guys have the ability to provide that support for my wife because every husband and wife, one's good at one thing and typically another one has other talents, but not in money. There's rarely have a couple that one loves to manage the money and the other one says, great. Well, what happens when the money manager is not there? So when this, this gentleman was in his late 50s, very, very blessed, and he says, first of all, you're going to help me, and then when, if anything happens to me, that planning for the worst, I'm not here. My wife, and she introduced us because I said, you need your wife to be here. And we introduced her yesterday because she needs to be comfortable with the team because at that sad time when you may not be there, she needs to feel comfortable with us. And Kaylee was on the meeting, and it was wonderful. The wife gave us a thumbs up, but who who is planning for that eventual downside to a family that we've already pre-prepared what will happen and they have a team that they can count on? What is the value of that? How do you put that in a form of 
well, 10,000, 20,000, you know, there isn't any. It's, it, it, you can't put a price on it. And I think that's bringing an intrinsic value that you can't put a price on what, may, what makes this so valuable to these clients. Because, but this guy really argued with me. Kaylee was on, they said, no, I love my current guys. Well, then fine. Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you asking me to solve all these problems that your current team can't? Oh, I mean, <laughs> it's just the broad. And um, it, it, and it sounds work. like if if this structure, if asset protection is set up right in the first place, we're avoiding a lot of these challenges or heartaches. You, you got later it. On. It, it. It's sound planning. And another thing we use all the time, we want to do one effort, meaning one plan that has multiple purposes. And in our mind, the best plan is one that helps tax reduction, protects your assets, help transfer your wealth to the next generation, and provides um, a shield against tax from unexpected lawsuits, um, you know, all kinds of issues that can, can happen in the future. So unfortunately, sometimes clients think it's a magic bullet. It takes a lot of work. This is not easy. It, you need a team. I, we need Barrett in it. We need the CPAs in it. We need Kaylee as a, a wealth management person to collaborate to make sure it's funded, created, and will do all these things that we're telling the clients. I, I don't think it's physically possible for one person to provide this service. And if they are, they're a super person. I don't know why they'd work. You know, they would have their own wealth, but they wouldn't be doing this for other people. So, mm -hmm. Barrett, what's your perspective on asset protection? Well, like you said, it's one of the linchpins of just sound financial planning. Um, you know, you have to keep your things happen, things that you don't intend to have happen. You know, it's always it's going to happen to someone else, but it's not that someone else is someone. Um, and it could be, you know, it could theoretically be you. So the, the asset protection is just an absolutely integral part of this. If you fail to protect your assets from life's sort of unexpected um, things that can come up, then all of the other planning just disappears. You know, if you get if you have a lawsuit come, you can you can have a wonderful estate plan that gives everything exactly the way you want to kids and charities and grandkids. And it's just beautifully done. And a lawsuit comes in and wipes you out and you have nothing left to give. So you know the the asset the asset protection is just an absolutely integral part of the holistic planning to maintain that wealth. Yeah, yeah, and and I think about Barrett business owners. You know, they're working their whole lives. You know, doing the night shift, doing the first, second, and third shift, working really hard, making a lot of money. Maybe they have a planner that's, you know, doing sound conservative investments, uh, protecting them. They have a CPA, maybe doing good, decent tax planning. But then you mentioned it. One situation could just, in a way, make that off or not. It, it could a lawsuit, a, a situation, maybe with family. And that it's, it's so crazy that just by planning in the beginning, we can just prevent all those things in the future. Right. I mean, there, there, there's the examples are out there of even a business that is running itself, like ideally, like you're saying, they're doing everything right. You know, if you if you're a manufacturer and, and it doesn't matter what product you're making, but you're relying on a part that you have made by another manufacturer, their mistake gets incorporated into your product. And you had did nothing wrong. You had no idea it was the case, but you're still going to get to. 
Um, you know, so having it, you can literally do nothing wrong um, and still be in trouble. Right. So you, right. you just you just have to plan for those things. And, and doing the right thing is, of course, the, the, the you know, personally what you can do, but you you cannot control the other people. Yes. Yep. So a, a key aspect is it might be a familiar concept if you're watching this video or, or listening on Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. By the way, subscribe to the Wealth Manager Unfiltered Podcast. Always going to mention that. Uh, is the family LLC. Now I've heard of holding companies. I've heard of, you know, the super rich, you know, billionaires doing this. Uh, it's like, oh, that seems cool. But um, what what is it? What What is a family LLC? Uh, and why should, uh, why should this be a big part of asset protection and uh, wealth management? I'll jump on that. So, I mean, the, the family LLC is essentially a vehicle um, that is, it needs, it meets a lot of the different goals of wealth management. So first off, the you know it's it's typically a in a business that is owned by you know two founders. You know usually the the parents um, of of the of the generation they've got the wealth. So they'll do they'll form this company and fund it with money, and then they will have their you know, the, their planned beneficiaries will be the other non-managing type members in this LLC. So the, the LLC has a couple purposes. First off, multi-member LLCs give a great deal of asset protection, um, you know, more more in some states, less in others, but really multi-member LLC is, is one of the better ways. So those assets are no longer yours. They belong to the LLC. That being said, so if, so you get, if, you're, if you're driving down the street and you get in a car accident, they only the only way that they can't get to the assets in the LLC basically, so it, it serves the asset protection purpose. The other thing is because you have the diffuse ownership, you know, you've got you've got kids and grandkids and everything else who have already received their shares uh, in that LLC. At the time, you know, something happens and you pass away, um, it's it's an asset that's not part of your probate estate. So one of one of the things that will absolutely eat up someone's wealth is having to go, you know, having a will, which is great, but, but you still have to get a judge involved in that, which means you have to get a lawyer involved and, and, you know, you can pay a significant amount of money in probate fees. You know, some, sometimes, sometimes you, you can make a you know, million dollar type fees on larger, on larger wow. probate cases. And that's so, just an additional thing that the family has to deal with, right? right. If and, they don't have the structure. Exactly. And it can, and it can often just be incredibly easily avoided. You know, one of, it, the, the family LLC in the context of what we do is not is not the end all be all right there's it's part of a overall structure that usually you know there's a will there's a family LLC there's a revocable trust and all of these things work together some assets are better in one than the other so the, the you know the idea of the family LLC though is is a combined asset protection estate planning vehicle that allows you to avoid probate have your beneficiaries already sort of in place um, you know, while you're still around, but you retain the control of the assets. You know, the beneficiaries are there, and they get they get money based on you know when it when it comes out when it flows out of the LLC. But you're you're still you know the, the managing members, which are usually the parents, are in control of how that business is run. And you know, LLCs are very flexible. Uh, you could do this in a different type of structure, but you know the the danger of corporations as such 
is that they have meetings and you have to do shareholder minutes and things like that. The, those yeah. just the requirements don't exist in the context of an LLC. So you can't create those little technical faults that will that will lead to the business being ignored in the context of a lawsuit. And there's still other things that could happen, of course, but but not something as silly as oh, you didn't hold a meeting. So, so, and this might be a question an audience member just engaging with us for the first time may ask. So, so the LLC is technically a separate business. How does that maybe a tech uh, affect taxes? And am I taxing another corporation? Am I, you know, what are what are how does how's that handled? And maybe Denny can touch on this too with, with the family LLC. There's many ways an LLC can be treated. We primarily focus on a multi-member manager-managed LLC. And it's important because there's many variations of LLCs. And we do not ever really endorse a sole member LLC, which seems to be the prevalent thing for a business owner. They got a business, they want to create an LLC, they go get the EIN number, they get the articles with the state. Many times they forget to even do the operating agreement and they're the only member. It's important to mention that it's kind of like having a bulletproof vest made out of tissue paper. You're but that, that's fascinating because most business owners just do that. They just go on the state website. Yeah, it's really, really sad. Uh, it does nothing for you. And, and, and this, there's another huge misconception. And I know the attorneys are telling people, right? People walk away with a different perception. And that's revolving around a living trust. A living trust is a great planning tool but it does probate and privacy. It eliminates probate, provides privacy. It does not provide asset protection. And yet many people think it does. So it, it's just kind of getting awareness and teaching people what the entities do and won't do. And that's about half our battle up front is explaining this is what you have. This is what it will do. What do you want? <laughs> it's kind of funny that... Uh, why I thought I had this all fine. And, and the other important thing is that the operating agreement is so critical to the tax planning. And we insist on the proper operating agreement before we do these business owners planning. Most tax preparers don't think there's any need to even ask if there's an operating agreement, much less know how it can help the clients reduce tax liability. That, yeah, I think so huge. You I know, if I, you have an operating agreement, it's it's I'm checking a box. But but Barrett, why in the context of all of this asset protection, you know, uh, family LLC, why is an operating agreement so important? Well, the operating agreement. It, first off, when it's when it's time to potentially be involved in a lawsuit and someone's trying to get to the assets of that family LLC. The more that family LLC looks like a legitimate business, the more difficult it is going to be for them to get to it. So what does that mean? That means that, you know, you're not treating it like your personal piggy bank, um, that you're just taking things in and out in, in a way that doesn't match the ownership or anything. You know, it, it can't just be a place for you to, to store your money and use as you want. You have to observe those formalities of having a business. The operating agreement is one of those formalities. So, you know, you want to you want to make sure that you've got an operating agreement, that you're filing your taxes to the extent that you have, you know, if you if you're going to do a change in ownership, there's there's votes and things like that that need to be that, that would need to be done to authorize those things. 
Um, the operating agreement is also something that the that typically in the event of like an audit or something else, they're going to ask for that. So you again, you you want to have it. Uh, the other thing about the operating, it, it just really lays out the rules for how the business is going to conduct itself, and you know it, it it's it's really it's really important um, to to have one. And you know in the Member, manager, member, managed, member, managed. There's, there are some differences. One of the things, though, that Dennis touched on, like really quick circle back to it, is the federal law is just way, way, way behind the state law in the context of LLCs. So a single member LLC, when you go to, when you go to the, the government to get the, the EIN number for that business, if you have, there is no such thing as LLC taxation at the federal level. It just does not exist. So we, when you go and you form it, they will pigeonhole you into a couple different things. If you go and form a single member LLC, you're going to be, you're, you're, it's going to be ignored for federal tax purposes and for a lot of asset protection purposes too, um, because it's just, it's a, it's what's called, you know, uh, it's flow through. So you, you no longer, you don't even file a separate tax return for the business. It just gets filed on your personal return, which I think kind of explains the way that that asset is treated. Um, you know, there, there are, there are hoops to jump through on the LLC, the existence of a single member LLC, but they are not anywhere near as robust as they would be for multi-member LLCs. Um, a multi-member LLC defaults to a partnership. Uh, you know, so that, that's also a flow through kind of tax situation, uh, where you report for, you report the, the net income on your individual taxes. The, the partnerships, S-Corps don't typically suffer the, well, the double taxation that C-Corps do. So, you know, we have to balance all of that together, um, which is why the multi-member LLC just makes a lot of sense. You know, it defaults to a kind of tax preferred structure in the first place. And then with the operating agreement in there, you can be more specific about allocations of profits, losses, Things like that, then you could, then you would necessarily be if you're trying, if you're running around without an operating agreement. Things are just going to flow out based on ownership at that sure. point. And I think it's so important, Barrett, and I, and and you mentioned it. If you're a single member LLC, if you're a business owner watching this, you, you can whether it's a small business, a big miss business, single member LLC, and and you you know you're working with your tax planner, and that's passing to your personal taxes. It's clicking that yeah, it makes sense that the same sort of tax rules probably apply for the asset protection, right? And that's, it's almost, it's scary. It's daunting <laughs> in, in a way that we have, you know, business owners who, again, they power the economy. They're working hard. They're doing right. And one thing could, could really change that. Unfortunately, it's, it's nuts. De Denny, do you have stories without getting into two specifics? Do you have stories of, of, maybe a situation where this concept, the way we approach asset protection has maybe helped a client uh, with baggage, for example, or, or I want to say save, we're not saving anyone here, right? We, we don't believe we're the hero in the story. We're just guiding people in their own story, but give us some stories, Denny. Well, the, the power um, of the LLC, normally I, I had a client ask me, what, what is my, look back, meaning is this need to uh, ferment or, you know, have some time period before it's really effective. 
And and he, he's looking at the look back and I said, well, are you speaking about assets like Medicaid spin down or things like that? And he said, no, I just know that the longer the entity is there functioning, the stronger it is. And I said, yes, but we actually had a case where a client was in the process. We had it all done. And for whatever reason, the filing date of the creation with the state of Indiana, this was in Indiana, he didn't sign the documents and he got sued. Well, he didn't know he's being sued. So whenever a lawsuit happens, you know, the suit happens and then they have to notify the person that uh, is being sued. And he actually filed it one day after the suit was filed, meaning that one day would eliminated any liability and he was put out of business one day. And, and it was just like, I, I, I mean, it was so, so, you know, time is of an essence. You never know. Uh, and, and what happened is he was renting a building. It was a, a, some kind of dealership for automobiles and an employee kicked over a gas can that started a fire that burnt the building down. Now he was renting the building, but the landlord's insurance went after him and won. <laughs> so who would have expected those kind of events to put this family out of business? I, you know, that's, that's the most dramatic where one day <laughs> would have made right. a, a difference. Um, uh, and, and just, focusing on that, like the one, like had the assets been in the LLC, they would not have been able to get to them. So right. the, the portion of the assets that had been transferred in would have been untouchable in that. And would the, you know, that, that could mean everything that could mean the house that they live in, but largely it's going to mean that they've got, they still have their nest egg um, versus not having anything. Right. Yeah. It's beyond just the business. It's, it's what's happening. <clears throat> so to, I have tons of the family. The most dramatic <laughs> that it, it was so sad that we were one day late. Most of the time we're not one day late and we have a sound, planning structure that it's almost um, hilarious when we have attorneys that think they're going to penetrate this planning. We've had a ton of that. Yeah. And I actually yeah. tell my clients, you don't even need representation. You get it, but you have to understand that they can win, get a charging order. They still can't invade the assets. Uh, it's very expensive. And the attorney, when he finds out he has no way to get paid, he's going to go away. And we've had that happen over the years, dozens of times. Uh, it, in other words, there's nothing like buying and having a plan and having years and years and years seeing it attacked everywhere, but there is and being whole surviving and doing as it does. So it's, it's pretty unique to have the history we bring. Sure. Of, yeah. you know, the plans, the tax and how it's worked. Yeah. And actually, Dennis, one of, one of the things is, you know, so I can speak a little bit on this as, as an attorney, but when, when you're about to initiate a lawsuit, you definitely want to make sure, especially if it's any sort of contingent type lawsuit, that you're going to be able to collect it. So sometimes you would, you would do this. I mean, I've, I've, had, I've had issues before where I was looking at, you know, maybe doing a lawsuit against somebody and you go in and they have nothing, you know, or they have nothing in the case of something like this, who maybe you do have a wealthy individual, they have nothing you can get to. You, you may actually just completely avoid the lawsuit in the first place. Yes. Because 
you know, a lot of these times, there, there, a lot of these cases, things are done, you know, semi-contingent. Um, that, that's a, you know, a growing trend. So you, you may, you may find that the existence of these things just saves you the headache in the first place, and that, that's even better. Um, I think than having to, to, to win it at the court level is better, better to never have to fight it at all. Yes. Well, another important thing, Justin, is we never recommend people don't carry liability insurance. You know, in other words, if, if your business does something harm somebody, we want that person compensated. The problem is, is if you get aggressive attorney that also wants the multi-million pay out of that, plus everything you own. Another thing that comes up, it's just a hard, cold fact, is once you have a big claim, your business, you may find it's, you, you can't get insurance. In other words, it's cl claims dictate your future premiums. A claim may pay off, but you may not be able to afford to carry liability coverage in the future because it's not affordable. Right. So the, you know, the structure, as Barrett said, protects from even some of those claims happening. Yes. Which then in turn will help you save or even get the right insurance in the future. Uh, I, know, I know we're running out of time. So, so Barrett, you know, the, the ultimate solution for people watching this video, if they're, they're not working with us, to, to get their asset protection right is to start working with wealth management accounting. And we'd, you know, be happy, our advisors would be happy to talk to, to anyone watching this. But for those folks that just aren't quite ready, what, what are some questions they should be asking themselves or even their own attorneys, their own advisors as relates to asset protection? What are, what are some things uh, they, they should be thinking about? Absolutely. So, you know, to, to Dennis's point earlier, that the, they need to think about what would happen in the event of the unthinkable happening, right? So, you know, looking looking at how their assets currently are, what would that look like if, you know, a, a bad car accident where they were at fault and they injured somebody, something went on with their, something happened with their business. There's a products liability type case. What, you know, the, the speaking specifically of the family LLC, we're, I guess we're kind of ignoring like the, whatever, whatever a business owner might be doing to incur that liability in the first place, right? We're sort of dealing with a personal asset level of it. But I, it, again, this all does go together. So what risks are there? Different industries have different risks. Um, you know, so if you're you, there, a surgeon has a, just a, a ton of a different risk profile um, than a, a gardener, you know, uh, they, they, so they should be thinking relative to their exact situation, what are the most likely things they're going to see and what happens when one of those things occurs. And if they're, you know, if they're uncomfortable with either their, their ability to come up with what that answer is, um, or, or if they do come up with the answer, what, what it's showing that that would happen, that is absolutely something that, you know, would, would be a call to action for them to, to address it. Uh, and again, so starting with the worst case scenario is really where you should start. Um, you know, it's unlikely to happen, but that's, that's what you should look at. Yeah, absolutely. Denny, what, what's, what's a practical tip or advice? There's some universal laws and one of them's kind of funny. We've always heard of Murphy's law where if something can go wrong, it will. Um, <laughs> um, I have early in my career, I think I mentioned this before, we have people that want to be prepared 
because if they're prepared, it won't happen. And that's that's kind of cool that 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 line of thinking, um, which many people just don't prepare at all, and then are blindsided by something. And then you have the people that are thinking, I don't think it'll ever happen, but I want to have my ducks in a row. And then I know it won't happen because if you're prepared, life seems to have a rule or a law that if you're ready for it, it's not going to happen. So how, how as we work people through this whole process, what's possible to happen and the whole thing, let's, let's prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And that's part of being prepared for anything we can foreseeable, you know, happen to their family. And there's a warm, fuzzy feeling. That's what we're about is how do we get that warm, fuzzy feeling? Again, a client said that one time, I think I said before, Dennis, we're not a warm, fuzzy yet. And I said, pardon? Yeah, I want this warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm in front of the fireplace with a warm blanket with a hot cocoa. I want that feeling about my finances. Okay. <laughs> so I think the warm, fuzzy feeling of people being prepared is our ultimate goal. Absolutely. I mean, Ben Franklin, uh, he's kind of a famous guy, but he says by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. And I know in a way we talked a lot about doom and gloom today, and that's what asset protection protects from. But it also, as Denny mentioned, provides the warm and fuzzy feelings of the confidence and the comfort of knowing, you know, if, you know, you guys are in Florida, if there's a hurricane that we have a strong foundation, uh, you know, we may feel battered, but we are here, we're standing and we're, we're living our lives. So, um, we're going to end here. My co-host Kaylee is going to talk about called inconvenient truths. So this is the wealth management unfiltered podcast. We try to give unfiltered truth, but Kaylee, what is the inconvenient truth question we want to address today? So we kind of chatted about it a little bit, but I just wanted to throw out there that about a little over 50% of U.S. population thinks that estate planning is important. Of that little over 50%, only 30% actually have any type of end of life planning. So with that being said, we use the family LLC. And with that to protect the assets along with estate planning, what are some ramifications that would happen if somebody just chose to not have any source of asset protection? Um, I know we've talked about it a bit. We've kind of expanded on it. But ultimately, the big picture, what, what could be the pitfalls of not having asset protection? Well, Barrett, why don't you talk about not only not having access asset protection, but having no will or living trust or direction for that. Yeah, no, no will is, well, every state has some sort of intestate. That's what you, you die without a will, you die intestate. So every state has intestacy laws that tell where that money is going to go. Um, Sometimes that might not be exactly where you want it to go. You know, there's a lot of people have issues, uh, intra-family type issues. Um, so depending on, you know, de depending on who those issues are with, you may, you may not intend for them to get all of your money and they may get all of your money. Um, so the, the will, at, at the very least, the will, ex it, it expresses your will, right? It tells where you want your assets to go. 
And that is going to largely be, you know, based on the people who are important to you in your life or the charities that you want to, you know, th that you believe in their mission. So your, your will is going to is just going to tell the court how you want your money to go. Um, if you die without one, they are going to just follow the rules and they're, you know, the rules that were established in the state, which probably don't match you. So that's that's one thing. The other thing is uh, you can also guarantee that if you uh, have no planning at all, well, you know, you someone is going to have to file that lawsuit for you, which means you're going, since it's not you filing, you can represent yourself, whether it's a good idea or not, of course, is up for debate. But um, if you're if you're dead, you can't represent yourself. So you always have to get an attorney involved. And that is going to have a significant cost. So you're, you, those are the two sort of guarantees if you, if you have no planning in place. Much more in the way of fees, much more in the way of, you know, just a headache and uncertainty on where your things are going to go. You might find it doesn't go where you want. Uh, a couple other things to think about. Some states have um, different, you know, the, the federal, the federal, uh, the state cap is pretty high. A lot of people don't get there. Some states have much lower caps in terms of assets that are excluded. So there may be some tax implications. That's not a guarantee. It's depending on where you live. Um, but yeah, those are those are just some some you know quick off the top of my head issues that are somewhat inconvenient. You know, the the, the person in your family that you like the least and get along with the least may be the one that gets all your assets. That's well, Justin. It's really important that that is a foundational must have when we work with people. Is your house in order? And they go, what do you mean? I'm just here to invest money. No, what happens to your money if the unexpected happened? Do you have your will? Do you have foundational uh, basis that we can help you create wealth? What's the good is it if somebody sues you or you don't leave it to where you go and you do all this work to create a, a, a nice estate and then it's just literally no plan on where it goes or it's lost to not proper planning. So there, it's very unusual when we come in and we, I don't think I've ever had someone say, oh no, my previous planner already has my house in order. I'm looking for the first time that's set. So that's- yeah, And I don't know that you're ever gonna find it, Dennis. I mean, it's, just, it's just not what a lot of planners do. You need this multidisciplinary type of approach. Um, to, to have that every, you know, people are focusing on what they are good at and what they like to do. And if, if you, you know, are focused only on making money on stocks, you're, you're just, you're, you don't even know what you don't know in the terms of, of estate planning and things like that. You just, you, you, you don't, you literally just don't know how much you don't know. And you can make, you can, you might make yourself, your client a lot of money in the stock market, but cost them a ton of money on their taxes or on you know, probate fees or something like that, thinking you've got it done right. Sure. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the key. We know there's, you know, tens of thousands or thousands of great advisors, investment people. Um, and, and we're not here to say they're not doing good work, but our approach is multidisciplinary. It's holistic. We're looking at every aspect of your, your financial planning, whether it's the asset protection, estate, tax planning, investment management. So, uh, that's how we approach it. If you want to learn more about this approach, visit our website, wmateam.org. Uh, we're bringing content like this every single week on our social channels. Uh, so follow us, like, subscribe, follow our YouTube channel. We're going to bring Barrett back because we just touched. Today was just the tip of the spear of some of the things 
that that Barrett, his team, our team uh, collaborates on. Uh, there's a lot of exciting things, a lot of exciting work, uh, and, and we're just excited to serve you, uh, the audience, uh, with this great content on the Wealth Management Accounting Podcast. Thanks. Thank you.